Trying to join the legends of NASCAR. Only eight before him have ever won four. Oh, he's got a flat tire. The left front tire's flat. It's down. He's going to go into the wall. Kyle Larson in the wall. The 48 of Bowman's going to get by him. A flat tire for Kyle Larson. And now Alex Bowman is going to win at Pocono. Unbelievable. Can he make it all the way? Say what you want about fuel mileage races, but that was entertaining to me. That was exciting all the way to the end. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And on this week's episode, we are celebrating America's birthday. A little bit of a change in the schedule this year. We're going to Road America. Seems pretty appropriate. And... Of course, it's another road course on the schedule this year, so we're going to do our best to find the strategy, break down who we like to win the race, and find value amongst the different bets that we're going to talk about. So that's top tens, head-to-heads, and others as we go through Road America and the bets that are available to us. And then in the Phil's Fired Up section, we've got news in NASCAR today. And we will talk about said news and how it impacts the gambling landscape for this season and for Silly Season and beyond. So that's all to come. But first, we need to take a look back because last weekend, in my opinion, was phenomenal. We'll take a look back at Pocono. Two races last weekend and in the Cup Series multiple races you know that truck series xfinity and arca as well great weekend i thought i mean i might be biased as i said i'm you know kind of a hometown pocono guy but i thought they really put on a show i thought the track did phenomenal i thought the concept of the doubleheader really rang authentic rang true and it worked i really did think so i mean we were up there i was trying to channel the track trying to tell me you know who to take on the bets we had to end our week a little earlier than we would have liked for unforeseen circumstances but in any case i thought pocono put on a great race so it was a tale of two races honestly race one bowman is your winner you had kyle larson chasing him down trying to find the right chance to pass him he couldn't do it for a little while they made it seem like larson was toying with him with about 15 laps to go and then he really couldn't get around him and then finally i don't know how many laps it ended up being but it's around maybe four laps to go he finally made the pass and the announcers are all talking about four in a row and that whole song and dance and then absolute craziness like out of a movie his tire blows and sure enough it's Alex Bowman, Johnny on the spot, picks up the win. So very entertaining ending to that race all around. Like, even if Larson had just won that race, I thought it was still a good race, him tracking down Bowman towards the end. Because there was a lot of other, you know, stuff going on throughout the race. Great job in that race as well. Uh, And then race two was a fuel mileage race, which, you know, it seems to be the consensus of NASCAR fans and analysts and everybody in the media that, Fuel mileage races are fun when they turn out like that and as long as there's not too many of them. And I really couldn't agree with that more. I thought that that was a fun race to watch. Tough race to gamble on, honestly, because, you know, you really have to hope that your guys play it well. Um, I had that William Byron meme out there. Really thought Byron. I thought the gambling gods were going to come through for us and speak to us. And with like three laps to go, I was like, oh my God, the gambling gods were right. They were they were really uh, coming through for us here. I did not have the sound on the television I was watching, unaware of how short fuel he was. But in any case, it was still fun. We hit with Kyle Busch in the second race. So, looking at our bets last weekend, we'll start with the first race because that's the the race that we were able to break down some head-to-heads. We went 3 and 0 
in the podcast parlay. So that was great. We called out Kurt Busch with another top 10. Stay tuned for that conversation later on in this episode. Um, and then, you know, we had some picks that just missed as far as gambling on the winner. We said that Kyle Larson was was the guy, but we broke down some other people. And it turned out Byron and, and Kyle Busch and um, Joey Logano, those guys, well, they were a factor the next day as well, and we got the win with Kyle Busch. Then, as far as parlays were concerned, we didn't have the exact same parlays that we talked about available to us uh, from the podcast on race two, but we did go seven and two as far as the head-to-head matchups that we put out there on Instagram, including a birthday parlay from my wife. I had her just choose three (laughs) matchups at random and Sure enough, I mean, sometimes that shit works, man. It's magic. And we hit that parlay. That was from good money there. And then Daily Fantasy as well. Uh, Put that out there. Had some money won there. So it was all in all a great week from the gambling standpoint at Pocono. And then from the fan standpoint, I thought Pocono did a great job. So couldn't be more happy with the way that everything unfolded because everyone is a little hard on Pocono. And I, you know, hate to see it because I don't want them to lose any dates. They already lost, you know, the second date. They have one weekend, two races. And uh, I heard some people talk about that is because of the Olympic schedule. Um, That's why they allow them to do the doubleheader again this year. So there's still a question mark on whether that's going to be a thing next year or whether they'll take a race away from them. But I thought all in all, everything worked out great. So couldn't ask for anything better for Pocono. So now we'll look ahead. Road America is up next. Now, this is the playoff hunt. I don't know if you've realized this. It took me a little bit to realize that the playoff hunt is upon us. Seven races left until the playoffs, and three of these races are road courses. Absolutely ridiculous. Like, if you're a guy that's on the bubble and you're not good at road courses, I'm speaking to you, Bubba Wallace, Matt Benedetto, like those types of guys, you are in some serious trouble. Hilarious that that's the way that NASCAR chose to structure this schedule, because I never really thought of it that way, but... It is what it is. I mean, we knew that there was going to be seven road courses, but this is pretty jammed together here right before the playoffs. So this is a new track overall to the Cup Series. Now, this is makes sense, you know, 4th of July race. We're going to do it at Road America. But there is something about it that just kind of, you know, is a little bit of a letdown because I used to love the Daytona 4th of July race, that nighttime race. It was just so great. I know that we still have that one coming at the end of the regular season. I know we'll love it when it comes up. But, you know, 4th of July, it's just kind of tradition. You know what I mean? So we'll have to make new traditions. Now, with this track coming to the 4th of July race and coming to the cup schedule, we're going to have to strategize a little bit further here on how we're going to place our bets because there's not much to work off of when we're talking about track stats. Actually, really nothing in the Cup Series, but we do have something to cling to. So we'll we'll talk about how we're going to use data to our advantage here um, after we go through the track stats, because there are some. Xfinity has raced here 11 times from the year 2010 up until last year, the Xfinity race. We still have stuff to go off of there. So let's just break that down for a little bit. The winner has started on the pole three times. The last time it happened was A.J. Allmendinger in 2013. So three of the first four years they ran this race in Xfinity, they won from the pole. But since then, a little bit of a drought from the pole. Now, top five, the winner has started there six of 11 races, and the top 10, seven of 11 races. And only one time in the history of the track here in 11 races has the winner started outside of the top 20, and that was Jeremy Clements in 2017. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce that guy's name, because I don't really follow the Xfinity Series that much. But when we're looking at a manufacturer Chevy has really dominated. Seven of 11 race winners were driving Chevy cars. Five in a row at one point throughout their time here. But the last three races, everybody's had a chance here. Everybody's had a piece of the pie. It's been Chevy three races ago, Toyota two races ago, and last year, Austin Sindrick in a Ford. So more recently, kind of sharing the wealth a little bit if you're trying to go, if you think that that matters. Now, There are 
some guys out there with some Xfinity experience. So we'll call that out when we see it. So I mentioned A.J. Allmendinger winning the, the race back then. There's, there's guys like that that are going to be in the race this weekend that have some experience. So that could be something you cling to as you're looking through the stats, trying to find something you feel comfortable with, trying to hang your hat on when you make these choices. Now, when we're looking at stats throughout this podcast, I'm going to be calling a few different things out because I like to look at road course stats specifically when we go to these type of racetracks. So we're looking at the last eight to nine road course races. You know, typically when I say, hey, in the last X amount of races, they've got one win, X top fives, X top tens. We're talking about road courses specifically. But we actually have a little bit of data now we can go off of for 2021. So we're going to try to call that out because there are some interesting stats when you're looking at the three races in 2021, small sample size, but we're right in that halfway mark. This is the fourth road course of the year. So there are some things that you can kind of cling to here. So we're going to go off of that. We're going to look at the average finish and the driver rating on average of those three races so far in the 2021 road course stats. So the other thing to call out is because they've never been here, NASCAR is allowing them to do practice and then qualifying on race day. So what that means to you, you're going to have an opportunity to see what these guys are putting down on the racetrack in practice. But in some cases, you might want to get your bets in before that in case you don't get those odds that you like right now. Because once practice happens, they're going to take the bets away and put them back up with some different odds and sometimes different matchups we've seen. So if you like a matchup specifically, you might want to jump on that right now. Then on race day, it's very risky to hold off until after qualifying for the bets to come back up because I've seen it now three times uh, that I can think of where the, the time period, either it doesn't come back up or it's very, very fast. So you need to be on top of it. If you've got things going on on the 4th of July, got your cookouts going and other things, you got to really be on your game to place those bets in between qualifying and the race. So with all that being said, let's take a look at who we like to win the race. Kind of a different way of going about it this time because I've got two guys that I'm going to call out and then one guy I'm going to save for later. So we'll talk about what that means. But how can I start without talking about Chase Elliott every single time? I keep saying he's not giving me a reason to avoid him. And, you know, I'm going right back to that. Well, plus 225 is what he's going off as. He's, of course, the favorite. But the funny thing here is he's not the favorite by too much. Kyle Larson right behind him at 350. Now, the thing about Chase is this year, he's really opened my eyes to the fact that I don't mind taking these super short odds on these types of races. In the past, like 2019, Phil would look at me right now and say, dude, you're crazy. But the fact of the matter is, these guys who are going off super short odds so far this year, they're going out and they're getting it done. Um, thinking a lot of times in the truck series as well. You know, I'm placing these bets on Nemechek and Kyle Busch. You know, these shorter odds, guys, they're still going out and they're getting the job done. So you're still cashing your ticket at the end of the day. So if Chase Elliott goes out and continues to do what he's been doing, then we're going to be coming out on top here. Plus 225 really doesn't scare me as much as it used to because of how good he's been. Now, the funny thing is, before I sat down and started looking at the data here for Chase, I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? He got that win at Coda. But it was really kind of a fluke. Like, he got that. It was range-shortened, and did he deserve it? And then he didn't get any other wins so far this year. Everyone thought that he was basically going to just dominate the, the road courses. And I, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, he really hasn't done that. But then I sat down and I started taking a look. And in his last seven points-paying races, he has five wins and a second-place finish that goes along with a 21st finish at the Daytona road course. Now, the funny thing is that one that he finished 21st Daytona road course this year, he led more laps in that race than he's led at a road course track since 2019. That is just wild. So the one that he sucked at, he actually was dominating in a way, which I think is, is very crazy. And if you include the clash from earlier this year, 
finished second in that as well. So just wild stuff there. And then when you're looking at the standard stats that we love to look at, he ranks first in essentially everything. So in the last nine races, his driver rating on road courses is first. His average finish is 8.1. That's first. If you're looking at 2021, right? So if you're going off of the stuff that I was just saying, where I was like, eh, you know, maybe this year he isn't that great. Wrong. His driver rating in 2021 is first, which like I said, was surprising to me, but then when you actually dig into it, it really isn't. So maybe I was just kind of blinded by the, the Kyle Larson's of the world. But because of that, maybe this is a, just a perfect opportunity to jump on Chase this weekend and take him. He's got two starts here, lifetime, and he's finished fourth and fourth. That was 2015 and 2014. So a rough last couple of races, non-road course. You know, Pocono was not great for that nine team. So maybe they're trying to bounce back a little bit. Shorter odds, I still think it's worth it. I was actually kind of surprised because of their struggles in the last few races on the schedule. I was thinking maybe they'd cut us a break here as gamblers. But plus 225, I still think it's worth the bet in those short odds because his stats are just phenomenal. So I would take them before we're seeing what we're seeing in practice because that Hendrick crew is definitely going to be on top of it this weekend. So, since we're taking Chase at plus 225, I got to look for some better value amongst the field, and I can't tell you how much I love this pick. Joey Logano plus 1,200 this weekend at Road America. I love it. I feel like the odds makers are missing something here, so it's an opportunity for us as the gamblers to capitalize on their mistake. Plus 1,200. Wait till I read off this information to you because you're going to be all over it as well. Now, to be fair... He's got one road course win in his career, and it happened way back in 2015 at Watkins Glen. Okay, so let's get that out of the way now. But recently, he's been very, very good on road courses. His last finish outside the top 10 was the 2019 Watkins Glen race. Unbelievable. His last eight races, no wins, five top fives, seven top tens. His driver rating on road courses throughout that time period is 8th, 89.6. His average finish is just outside the top 10, 11th, 13.1. So you're saying to yourself right now probably, well, okay, those numbers are pretty good, but we're not talking about him finishing the top 10, Phil. We're talking about winning the race. And that's where I would say you're right. So in 2021, it's an even better story. He's the only guy to finish inside the top 10 in all three races. And actually, they're all top five finishes. He finished second, third, and fourth at the three road courses this year in 2021. Finished third in the clash as well. So just kind of throwing that in as a feather in the cap here. So it's been sneaky, sneaky good. And it's recently good. Like, it's not like we're talking about years ago. We're talking about right now, 2021, even in this season, right? If you look at this season as a stretch of 19 races, you might say to yourself, well, you know, Penske's kind of down right now, but Sonoma and Coda were not very far ago, right? They were only a, a few weeks back, and that's what we're talking about. So that's why I'm saying it's sneaky good recently. In 2021, driver rating. Average driver rating, he's third out of everyone, 114.5. His average finish is first, 3.0, and he's first by a lot. So, love that pick at plus 1,200. I don't understand why he's so far down the list um, or, or such a long shot there. And if you want to continue, if you like this pattern that we're calling out here of top five finishes so far this year, and you think that he's going to do that again, Take the top five bet for Joey Logano. You're still getting decent value here, plus 155 to finish in the top five for that 22 car. So I can't be more happy about the stats that I'm seeing here in the 2021 season, three road courses so far. Joey Logano, plus 1,200. Lock me in before practice because I think those odds are going to get shorter. Now the last guy that I'm going to call out, I'm saving it for the head-to-head -head matchup. So a little teaser there, but he's going off at plus 800. So a little uh, tease there till we get later because he's getting good value in the head-to-head -head section as well. All right, all right, all right. So now we're going to get to the props and top 10 section. And I say props because I am going to call out two things before we start calling out guys at some very good value here to finish in the top 10. So we'll 
talk about them in just a second. But I mentioned the top five prop a second ago when I was talking about Joey Logano and his success so far this year in 2021. When you're looking at DraftKings, they allow you to say yes, top five finish or no top five finish. And a lot of the times these odds are very skewed one way or the other, but there's good value on Kyle Larson when you say that he will not finish in the top five. Now, you're probably thinking I'm nuts, but hear me out here, okay? Because his last two road course finishes, Coda and Sonoma, he finished 1-2. Great. We know all about the crazy stretch that Kyle Larson is on right now. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's historic. It really is. But before those two finishes on road courses, his last top five finish on a road course was in the 2014 Sonoma race. 2014. That is a long time ago. So the question that you got to ask yourself here is, at plus 155 to say, no, Kyle Larson will not finish in the top five, is that worth it to you? You're getting value there. So my thought process is, Knowing his history on road courses, now a lot of that stuff was in the 42 car and not in the Hendrick Motorsports equipment that we're seeing now. I get that. I get the history behind it. But even on this run, it's got to come to an end at some point. So why wouldn't it be on a road course where historically he hasn't been phenomenal? Like he, he's not the Kyle Larson that we're thinking of over the past month. On road courses, anything can go wrong in a road course. He could slip off the track, hit the grass, and all of a sudden his front end has been in, and he's not finishing the top five. So, this is where I'll say it. If he goes out and kills it in qualifying, then yeah, I'm going to back off this bet. But if he's kind of, you know, running the mill, seventh, eighth, ninth, this is going to be way, way worth it. And he might not get that plus 155 number at that point. So, he's going to come off this wave eventually. I think this could be the week, you know, I'm just calling it out there as something, like I said, it's not a complete lock in my mind at this moment, but it's definitely one that has piqued my interest. Now, another prop bet that kind of goes against that is the odd or even bet. All right. So this is saying the number of the race winning vehicle, will it be an odd number or an even number? An odd is minus 200. We usually don't talk about those types of bets, the the minus value um, at that number. I mean, very, very, very short odds. But when you actually sit down and think about it, I don't know. I mean, this could be worth throwing some money into your account and cashing an easy ticket here. I mean, if you threw, you know, 500 bucks in, you would walk away with 250 just easy because think about the cars. I know I was just kind of hating on Kyle Larson a second ago, but if things were to continue, they if your the wave is not going to crash for him, well, he's the five car. That's odd. Chase Elliott, odd. Denny Hamlin, odd. Martin Truex Jr., odd. I mean, the top four guys essentially on the odds list are all driving odd number vehicles. So unless something absolutely crazy happens, like a Joey Logano, I mean, like I said, that could happen, but I'm just calling it out there that if everything goes to plan like NASCAR is expecting uh, this weekend, like the odds makers are expecting to see this weekend, you'd be cashing a pretty easy ticket, I think, um, if it was Chase or Kyle. Um, so something to consider, I would say, but like I said, not a complete lock because I know that that number is super scary if it wasn't to hit. So not going to go all in on it, just food for thought. Now, let's talk about top 10 finishes. And I got to start with my guy. I mean, he's been our guy over these last few weeks, and it's Kurt Busch. And he's still, to this day, not getting any respect from the sports books. He's going off at plus 140 again. Again. How is this still his value? He has been going off at that number or around it for the last four weeks. So looking at his last eight races on road courses, three top fives, four top tens. His average finish is 
eighth, 11.6. That's right around that 10th place number that we're looking for. Driver rating is seventh out of everyone on road courses, 89.6. And then when you look at the 2021 numbers, they're just as good, just as strong of a case for Kurt Busch to finish in the top 10. Very solid. His average finish is sixth compared to everyone, 12.3. That's this year in 2021. And his driver rating is seventh this year. So before race two of Pocono, this is obviously not talking about all road courses now. This is talking about race one of Pocono, Nashville, and before that. He had four straight top 10 finishes, including Sonoma. So this is something that is very possible for Kurt Busch to do again. Plus 140 just is screaming to me. I just don't understand why they just keep overlooking the one car. So lock me in. I said that Kyle Larson's wave might be crashing. I don't think Kurt Busch is is doing that this week. I think he's still going to ride. So lock it in there for the one car. Now, I mentioned this guy earlier when we were talking about track stats. And I love getting some of the different names when we go to track like this. A.J. Allmendinger. Now, he's going off at minus 106. He's right around that break-even or equator mark there. He missed the Sonoma race, but he's been in two road courses so far this year, driving that 16 car, and he finished fifth and seventh. Now, I didn't count him when we were doing the average finish for the 2021 numbers, when I was doing those numbers myself manually. But if I had counted him, he would have been second in average finish. I didn't count him because the other guys all had three. It's already a small sample size, so why would I do that? But that 16 car, he's driving the wheels off that thing on these road courses. And like we said, he won Road America way back in 2013. But, you know, it was from the pole. He can clearly wheel it. And then look at last year, 2020 in the Xfinity Series, he finished second from the 33rd spot. So that tells you, and that was also driving the 16 car for college racing. So that tells you he's able to maneuver through the field. It was Xfinity, not driving against cup cars, but still he's fighting the racetrack as well, which is just as much of an opponent in this scenario as the different cup drivers. So I think this is a solid bet here to win the race. He's going off at plus 2,500. It would not shock me if AJ Allmendinger were to go out and just completely blow the doors off everyone and, and win a race. Because that 16 car, I mean, they got a little buzz. We'll talk a little bit more about them in the Phil's Fired Up section. But, hey, he uh, is someone that I think is going to keep it up there. And this is the type of guy where, at a road course, it's all about the strategy. So you really have to hope as a gambler when you're betting top 10s and head-to-heads that your guys and your pit crew and your crew chiefs they are betting on just happen to get a little bit lucky, too with where the strategy shakes out. And AJ in that Coda race was, you know, shuffled back due to his strategy a few times, but was able to keep fighting his way to the front. So I really like that about AJ in that 16 car. I think they're scrappy. So look into it there for sure. Minus 106. Now he has a head-to-head matchup against Austin Sindrick. These guys um, had a matchup at Coda as well that Allmendinger won. But this is a little bit too tough to call here because Sindrick, he was the one who won this race in 2021, beating Allmendinger um, in the Xfinity Series. Sindrick is plus 100 in that matchup. And that's what makes it a little bit too tough to call, in my opinion, because, you know, AJ, I think that he is very, very good. But you never know. I can't put my finger on Sindrick yet. So because he's going off a better value, it's a little bit more intriguing you never really know these Xfinity guys coming up into the Cup Series. It's kind of tough. So I'm might be a no bet for me, but, you know, hey, just wanted to call it out there in case you were a huge AJ fan um, and wanted to really double down. He's got that head-to-head matchup against Cindric. Now, the last guy we're going to call out, going back to this well as well, Michael McDowell. We're talking some big, big value here, folks, plus 245 I I just don't get why he's being disrespected here. There are just so many positives when it comes to Michael McDowell at this racetrack. So he has five Xfinity Series starts at Road America, and they're all starting in the top five. So he's qualified well. So keep your eyes peeled for him in practice and in qualifying. He has a win here. 
Michael McDowell in the Xfinity Series has a win here, and he also has a second-place finish. The last time he was here in 2016, he won that race. And I'm a big proponent of when a guy comes back to a racetrack, when the last time he was there, he tasted victory, he was in victory lane. I think that really does have positive vibes, positive juju. So, hey, Michael McDowell is going to try to capture that from five years ago. In 2021, though, so you have all that stuff from the Xfinity series, but in 2021, this year, his road course average finish is 10th out of everyone on the circuit, 13.7. That's better than a lot of your favorite drivers, folks. I, I just can't get over it. And his driver rating is 11th. He has two top 10s out of the three races already. And on Sonoma, on the last lap for Sonoma, rather, he had that drama with Daniel Suarez that really messed up a good finish for him. So it could have been even better. So, what I'm getting at here is, plus 245, keep your eyes peeled on McDowell on practice day, on Saturday. Because even if he goes up and lights the world on fire, I still think you're going to be able to get him after practice at a good value. Now, if you're loving everything I'm saying here, hey, take him at plus 245. That's a big ticket. But if you're a little skeptical, a little queasy about it, even if he performs really well in practice, I still think you're going to get good, good money there for him in the top 10. So look for it and then lock it in and let me know what you think. But just to recap the top 10 picks for this week, Kurt Busch plus 140, somehow, some way, A.J. Allmendinger minus 106, and Michael McDowell plus 245. Video game? Yeah. Can you send my baseball? Sure. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. So speaking of good advice, we're going to get to the head-to-head section where we've been feeling it lately. 3-0 last week for the Pocono podcast picks. And we're going to jump right into it with guys who are going off at even odds right now. Tyler Reddick, minus 115, taking on Ross Chastain. These guys, when we're talking about the playoff bubble coming into play here, Tyler is in. Ross Chastain minus 72 to the bad here. So if Ross is going to do any damage, it's going to have to be done on the road courses, which, you know, it seems like going into this season, he had an opportunity to do. People talked about him in that vein when it came to road courses. So let's break this down here. Let's talk about Tyler Reddick first. Five career starts in the Cup Series on road courses. His average finish, 19.2. One top 10, four top 20s in those five starts. His driver rating, not great, 68.0. So then if you look at just 2021, three road course starts, 38th, 9th and 19th. That's good enough for an average finish of 22.0. And his driver rating, pretty consistent. What we saw, um, it's down to 66.7, which is 21st when you look at everybody on the board. Two races in his career in the Xfinity Series at Road America. He had a 34th place finish and a third. So what I'm taking away from those stats is that Tyler Reddick on road courses and even at this specific course, it's a bit inconsistent. Can't really figure it out, you know? Like Road America, those numbers, 34th and 3rd, all over the place. And then just this year, 38th and 9th, like those are two very different ends of the spectrum here. So that's my takeaway from Tyler Reddick. Now, I'm kind of shocked that I'm looking at Roush Chastain saying, wow, you know, I kind of like this here. 2021, his numbers are soaring compared to Tyler Reddick. When I put all the numbers into the spreadsheet for all three races, average finish and driver rating, I was shocked at what I saw. His driver rating is ninth out of everyone in 2021, 86.2. And his average finish is 15th out of everyone. 16.7 is his average finish. So what we're saying there is he's driving better than where he's finishing. And even where he's finishing is pretty good when you're looking at this head-to-head matchup. He finished fourth at Coda, seventh at Sonoma. So his last two races, very strong. And he has two finishes at Road America, two seven-place finishes. So he's been fast since Nashville, two decent races at Pocono. I know he got in a little bit of trouble mid-race, but they're starting to show a little bit more speed on that 42 car. I talked about Reddick's inconsistencies, well, Ross Chastain, 
I'm, I'm crazy, feels crazy to say it, but he's much more consistent when it comes to road courses compared to Reddick. So I'm taking Ross Chastain minus 115 in this matchup over Tyler Reddick. I, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I am. Lock it in. So now the next matchup, two other guys that are kind of similar to these two that we just talked about. It's Eric Jones minus 115 and Chase Briscoe minus 115. Both of these guys are way outside the playoffs. Not even sniffing it unless they get a win. The funny thing about these guys are they're three points apart, separated by such a small margin. So they're pretty much even from this season's point of view. So Chase Briscoe, his Cup Series season is not going great. He was supposed to be kind of this like superstar coming in from last year. A ton of wins from Xfinity, Stewart House Racing. He's kind of a victim of that just organization being down right now. Now on road courses this year, kind of similar to what we saw with Tyler Reddick. 32nd, 6th, and 17th, like all over the place. Average finish, 16th compared to everyone. 18.3 is the number. His driver rating does not help that story. So we saw a similar average finish when we just talked about Ross Chastain. Chastain was 15th out of everyone. Here, Briscoe is 16th. But Chastain's driver rating was very high. This case, it's the complete opposite. His driver rating is 69.3, which is 19th out of everyone. So where is this superstar, right? Where are those numbers? Two starts at Road America in Xfinity, third place finish, and a seventh. So pretty good, but still 2021, not what we're hoping to see. Now, Eric Jones is a unique case here. We talked all about Eric Jones losing his ride in the 20 and how his stats are sometimes skewed. But let's dig a little deeper here. So Eric Jones on road courses in his last eight races, which includes rides in the 20 car, two top fives, three top tens. His average finish in that time span is ninth, 12.3. Versus everybody, and his drive rating is 14th, 83.8. So he's kind of hard to pin down because of the, you know, difference in the ride that he's in. But this year, he's been surprisingly decent. Three road courses in that 43 car, and his average finish is 9th in 2021, 13.7. Drive rating is 15th, 73.0. So this year versus Briscoe, he's head-to-head 2-1. and one versus Briscoe. So I'm going to go with Eric Jones here. I think they're kind of like what I said about Almendinger earlier. They're scrappy. I think he can go out and get this done in this head-to-head matchup. So minus 115, lock me in here for Jones, the 43 car. So the next matchup is our last one that we're going to call out. But I mentioned earlier there was a guy that I wanted to save for later and he's in this matchup. It's Martin Truex Jr., minus 134, going up against Kyle Busch, plus 100. Now, if you agree with what I'm going to break down here for you, you got to take this, in my opinion, before practice and qualifying on Saturday and Sunday, because I think things are going to change after practice. Let's start with Martin Truex. I'm not tipping my hand on who I'm going with just yet. Martin Truex, he has great stats on road courses for his career. We all know this. Let's look at his just a last 11 races. Two wins, six top fives, eight top tens. Great stuff. His average finish is second, 7.9 in that time span of 11 races. His drive rating is second. He's just the classic road course pick. I mean, heading into the season, it was like, oh, we got seven road courses this year. Who are we taking, Chase or Truex? You know, that those were the guys. But in 2021, that is where things have kind of turned for Truex, even just non-road courses, right? His last eight races, he only has one top 10. Now, the thing is, it's at Sonoma. But still, I mean, that team is just slumping right now. And looking at the three road courses, Sonoma is really his only good finish. He had a 12th at the Daytona road course and 35th at Coda. His driver rating is fifth, so that tells you a little bit different story. You know, his average finish is 14th, but driver rating being so high tells you he didn't get the finish that he deserved. Great, but is he worth minus 134 in this matchup? That is the thing, because yes, historically, Martin Truex Jr., definitely a road course guy, maybe 
would be worth that. But I don't think so in this matchup. Kyle Busch is the opposite teammate when we're looking at these most recent races because he has been on fire lately. In the same time period that Martin Truex is struggling, Kyle Busch is thriving. Four top fives in his last six races, including the win that we're just leaving, race two at Pocono. And then in the 2021 season on road courses, he's been better than or just even with Truex. Average finish is exactly the same as Truex this season. But his driver rating is slightly better. Fourth out of everyone, 100.5. The point that I'm trying to make here is why is Kyle a plus 100 underdog in this matchup. The stats are not supporting those odds. And that's the type of shit that I'm all over. And Kyle's hot momentum combined with his decent finishes so far and his performances so far on road courses makes me interested in taking him again this week at plus 800. Breaking my the feeling of taking back-to-back winners I'm going to go with Kyle Busch plus 800 to win the race here because he has really been a factor as far as I can remember, especially at Coda. I feel like he really got looped out because of the strategy and the the fuel mileage there. He got kind of shuffled back and then the, the rain situation was just brutal there, but he was a factor at Coda. I don't remember the Daytona road course, but in the clash, I mean, performed great in the clash road courses this year. Momentum that he has right now just screams Kyle Busch. So I think this plus 100 versus Truex is an absolute lock. And I'm digging plus 800 for Kyle. So go out, lock it in now, like I said, because if you do like this, I think these odds are going to change come practice time. So to recap these picks and this parlay, if you want to bunch it all together, it's Ross Chastain minus 115. Eric Jones minus 115, and Kyle Busch plus 100. My goodness, that's going to be a nice little payout when it hits. So in the Phil's Fired Up section this week, I was going to go back to the well for the free gambling apps. We broke down NBC's predictor app last week, and I was going to go take a look at NASCAR's Jackpot Races app But we had some breaking news that happened today. I'm recording this on Wednesday night. So I felt like it was worth discussing, kind of giving my thoughts on where I think people are going to land and discuss the implications on the drivers and the gambling scenario for the 2021 season. So the news that broke today to me was shocking. Trackhouse racing is absorbing Chip Ganassi racing in every asset that they have. So essentially Chip Ganassi Racing shutting down operations. That by itself is just an unbelievable thought. Like I could not picture that being the case starting this season. There was definitely some weirdness going on. They showed lack of speed through the middle part of this season so far. But to think that they're shutting down, I don't understand why. Obviously there's going to be a lot more to come from Chip Ganassi as to why that decision was made. Is he trying to focus more on his IndyCar program? That seems to be the general consensus, but in any case, just wild. Also wild that they were able to keep it such a secret. I mean, maybe they were kind of drawing attention away from their actual operation and and more towards the sale, and that's why they were down overall. But I mean, because you'd have to think that the people in the shop had wind of something, but still, Can't believe they kept that a secret the way they did to just blow up the NASCAR world with news today with that. And then the the creme de la creme, the cherry on top of all this news is that it's track house racing that is absorbing it. Like they started this season, this little engine that could team with Daniel Suarez, who was kind of cast aside by all of NASCAR to start the season. They've been chugging along all year and we've been all over them. We've talked, we've sang their praises, pumped their tires. Never in a million years would I have thought that that team is going to be the one to absorb, a, you know, I'll say it, legendary team. Maybe that's a little too much, landing on a little thick, but I mean, they're a NASCAR mainstay and it's track house racing that's absorbing them. Now, you've got to give Justin Marks 
he's the owner of Trackhouse or co-owner, um, and the, the guy that runs the show over there, it seems like, give him all the credit in the world. I've heard him in interviews throughout this year, how he's tempering expectations, even when they're doing really well. He's got such a good head on his shoulders. So I'm very interested to see what happens here, because Think about the implication now in the silly season and on the drivers. You've got Chip Ganassi shutting down. That's Kurt Busch in the one car and Ross Chastain in the 42 car. They are only going to field two drivers and cars next year. They've come out and said Daniel Suarez, their current driver, is one of those two guys. So, if you're good at math, that's allowing you to see that there's only one car available and... Two guys that are kind of fighting for it. And it immediately makes me think of that scene from The Dark Knight where the Joker splits the, the pool cue in half and says, we're having tryouts. Now, our operation is small, but there's a lot of potential for aggressive expansion. So which of you fine gentlemen would like to join our team? Oh, there's only one spot open right now, so we're going to have... So you'd have to think that Ross Chastain is just begging for that spot. Like the vibe that I'm getting. So this is where we're saying, okay, we would love to be able to bet on silly season. We say it all the time when this type of stuff goes down. And if I was a person that was able to bet on silly season, I would say that Ross Chastain is going to be the other driver for Trackhouse next year at this moment in time. Because I think Kurt Busch has more going on. I think there's rumors with him getting teamed up with the 2311 racing and Danny Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Um, he's actually said something similar to that, like he's in contact with a few other teams, including 2311. So I think Kurt is looking at this like, yeah, if you want to go race for them, Ross, like go for it. I've got options. That's just my outside point of view. So if I was able to bet, I would say that Ross would take over that second car for Trackhouse, and Kurt would end up on 2311. But how does this impact gambling moving forward? Because you can look at this a number of different ways. They could either, so let's focus on Ross Chastain, right? Because we just bet on him to win a head-to-head -head matchup. I think this is going to bring out the best in Ross, because he's going to really be racing once again for his career. Now, I've been on record as saying, like, I don't think he's very good. I, I think people love him. He's a great guy, the watermelon man, that whole gimmick and everything. And I'm not hating on Ross as the, the person, but I don't think he's cup worthy. I was a little let down when Ganassi signed him to drive the 42, uh, whereas it seemed like a lot of other people were very happy. But as a gambler, I don't like betting on him. I'm, I'm skeptical week in and week out. You know, because you don't really get a chance to take him for a top 10. He's just not good enough. This head-to-head -head matchup is the best that I've seen so far. So I think this is really going to light a fire under his ass and say, hey, Trackhouse, I'm your guy. You know, Kurt's got other things going on. Look at me. And it starts this weekend, which is another reason why I like him in that head-to-head -head matchup. Kurt, I think Kurt's just going to keep doing what Kurt does. And if he wants to keep racing, someone will open a seat for him. There are other people out there that are going to be looking for a ride. I mean, who knows what's going to happen to Ryan Newman with Brad Keselowski moving over to Roush, potentially driving the six car. That would put Newman out of a ride if that were to go down. If we were able to bet on silly season, I would bet on that happening. Um, that's my thought right now as to that how that's going to shake out. So Newman looking for a ride. Maybe he's a potential suitor for that track house team. Uh, but I still think Ross has the, the driver's seat in that battle to win that second spot there at track house. So clearly just some crazy news with that team absorbing it. Now, I think we're all waiting on some other shoes to drop, right? I mentioned 2311. They don't even have a second charter yet. But I think that's going to happen soon, and that's really going to open the floodgates um, for the news around people like Kurt Busch to get their names floated to see who's going to fill that spot. And we saw a couple weeks ago, Colleague Racing is joining the Cup Series. Now, that is interesting from a gambling perspective because you look for A.J. Allmendinger. You know, he's got something to prove now. This isn't just a, a guy jumping up, getting a quick race in. This is a guy testing the waters 
for how he's going to race these same people next year, driving that 16 car for Colleg Racing. So he's an even more interesting pick when you see him available. He's probably going to be available. I haven't looked at his schedule, if it's even available. But when you see him out there on these road courses, very, very intriguing to take AJ. That's why I like him this week in the top 10, minus 106 pick, uh, because he's testing the waters for next year, and he's trying to throw his weight around a little bit to say, hey, we deserve to be here. This colleague racing team deserves this. I'm not just a, a fluke. So that's the type of silly season stuff, how it affects the gambling this year. Um, and then while we're on the topic of silly season, I'm waiting for Junior Motorsports to get their charter. Dale Jr. has said once he has the ability to get a charger, he, charter, he is moving up because it's a lot less expensive to be in the Cup Series next year than it is Xfinity. So then the conversation is, well, who comes up to race in the Cup Series for Junior Motorsports? My bet would be Noah Gregson, but we'll have to see who that would be. This is now getting into a hypothetical on a hypothetical, but if I was able to bet on all of this, this is what I would do, and I think I would make some money. So we need sports books to listen to us. Throw this stuff out there. You do it for every other sport. You know, right now, football, it's like, hey, where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? We see odds on that every year. I need this in NASCAR like I need blood in my veins. So uh, that's the, the Phil's Fired Up section this week. Got a lot of hypotheticals out there, but think about it. When you're seeing these names float around, think about it, how it's affecting you and your picks right now in 2021. So that'll do it for this Road America edition of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you for joining us. Go out and place those bets. Get hot. Stay hot because we're going to be hot next weekend going back down to Atlanta for another race down there, second race of the year. And next week, we're scheduled to have a special guest join us for that race. So stay tuned for that if you can make that happen. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next week for Atlanta. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Darling, have no place to go. Have no place to go.